0: I can really remember vividly So it would have been I was 17 and it would have been uh, the summer of 1980 I was at a bit of a loose end Summer. I'd just finished high school and I was waiting for I did a year of work before I went to to university college and um I um just one afternoon I just remember being kind of bored and it's a loose end thinking well I'll, I'll put something on that I've never really listened to and so i found this tape of born to run i've never never played and put it on and just sat there i can i can remember it so vividly the sun coming into the windows the, the sofa i was sitting on because i put on i put on obviously thunder road and the piano comes in and you've got these great lines like a vision she dances across the porch and I thought, that's a that's a nice line I like that this is it this is interesting and you know don't turn me home again i just can't face myself alone again and i'm thinking this is great and that that this just got drawn into this song by these fantastic lyrics. And I remember that, you know, that was the first time I'd ever heard Thunder Road. Like, wow, that was great. And then straight into 10th Avenue. And by the time, you know, I listened to the whole album, just sat down, and listened really carefully to the whole album. And it was like a religious conversion, honestly. It was like, I, it hit me with a, a kind of force that I've never felt before about any kind of piece of music or album. Um,
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we are in another timey-wimey episode. Uh, We are my morning, my guest afternoon uh, from the UK, looking very comfortable, is my new friend, Jeff Smith. Jeff, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Jesse. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to be with you
1: yeah so tell us a little about yourself
0: so i am a member of parliament in the uk so um i guess the closest equivalent would be maybe a congressman in the u.s so we'd, right. you know like you have two two um houses in your legislature the house of representatives and the senate mm-hmm. we have the house of commons and the house of lords and i'm a member of the house of commons um I represent a seat called Manchester Withington. So Manchester is in the north of England. Um, and my patch is the sort of south side of Manchester. Uh, and yeah, and before that, I mean, I've been in politics a long time. I, I'm a, a Labour MP in in uh, in the UK. And I've been in kind of Labour politics for a long time. Um, before that, I was actually, unusually for a, a Member of Parliament, I was a DJ. That's my background.
1: Oh, how um, interesting
0: yeah so i mean the, the great thing about parliament in the uk and i guess it's the same in, in the us is um we have all kinds of people with different backgrounds there so you can be you know lots of kind of political advisors and lawyers and those kinds of things but also you know minors um i don't know uh, you know care workers all kinds of different people and i think i'm the only former professional dj so um i made a living doing that for about 20 years um so the kind of respectable citizen in the day I was on the local council in Manchester. And then by night I was in, in nightclubs playing music.
1: Wow. Uh, what, what made you want to go to, uh, to seek something, you know, uh, national wide, you know, a, you know, a country, you know, a, a yeah. yeah, more of a, um, instead of local politics, more of a national.
0: Well, it, it was never a, my plan to be honest. I never, Intended and never set out and thinking one day I'm going to be um, an MP. Um, I just got involved in local politics. I got involved in the local council and it became more and more involved. And um, I was kind of in charge of the budget for the city and that um, kind of responsibility. And then uh, back in 2013, uh, there came just happened to become a vacancy for the, um, for the Labour candidate for this area. Uh, so I thought if I don't put my name forward, I'll probably regret it forever. Because um, it's my home home area where I grew up. Um, so I thought I'll give it a chance. And I was fortunately, I was selected by the Labour Party to be the candidate. And in 2015, we had uh, in this area, we had a good result. And we won the seat back, actually, from another party. And um, yes, yeah, so I've been a, a Member of Parliament since 2015.
1: Do, uh, yeah. Does young Jeff are you shocking young jeff to think that you know because it sounds like music was your gig and all of a sudden would young jeff go what how did this yeah. happen
0: i think so i think young jeff was absolutely convinced that he to be a rock star um
1: didn't we all didn't yeah. we all
0: yes <laughs> and there was going to be no doubt about it at all but um Somehow, I don't quite know how that didn't work
2: out. Well, wow. <laughs> it didn't work out.
1: <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. Talk to me. You you mentioned you grew up in that area. Um, what kind of music did your family listen to? Uh, was it a musical household growing up?
0: Yeah, my, my family loved music. Uh, the, my, my parents, I guess, were the, the sort of last generation before rock and roll. So they didn't mm-hmm. really they weren't really into rock music. They, my dad was into, into modern jazz. Um, uh, my mum liked all sorts. She liked the crooners, but she liked classical music as well. But um, we used to listen to a lot of um, kind of, sound like jazz, so Sinatra, Nat King Cole, those kinds of people. That was what my my parents liked to listen to. But also, kind of omnipresent in my youth were the Beatles. Um, mm. and so I grew up and one one of the things they tell, tell about me is that I used to dance around when I was a toddler. I used to dance around the uh, early Beatles records. And uh, it they're kind of, I mean, I still think the Beatles are the greatest artists of the 20th century. And sure. um, and I think, you know, they're they, they another one of those sorts of artists who are kind of go through your whole life with, I think. Um, and so I, I was quite into the, into the, that kind of stuff when I was, uh, when I was very young, I was into the Beatles and that kind of, um, 60s sound and then um and then I don't know if you had this phenomenon in the in the US but when I was get, really first getting into music properly I, we we had glam rock um mm-hmm. so it's kind of uh Slade and The Sweet and some of those kind of slightly rocky but very poppy um bands and that was a big thing when I was kind of I don't know 10 11 12 10 11 maybe um and so I used to love all those kind of great classic pop singles from the early kind of seventies. And then uh, I also used to do 10 CC. I don't know if you know much about 10 CC. They were, uh, they're actually from, they're from Manchester as well, actually. Um, Things We Do For Love, right? See again?
1: Things We Do For Love,
0: yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, So I I really liked them when I was a sort of young teenager and then, and then punk came along and I was kind of into, into some of the punk bands as well and new wave bands um so that's kind of so i suppose when punk came along there was always a kind of it was like a, almost like a ground zero and you either like punk or you like the, the old stuff but I was, I was kind of always struggling the two things so it was like the kind of classic rock as well as the new stuff that came along the kind of revolutionary new punk bands
1: yeah um i i grew up I was born in 59. So my high school years were the middle 70s, right? I I graduated high school uh, in 1977. So I certainly remember 10 CC on, you know, the I'm a child of top 40 radio. Yeah, my my parents were into we I grew up most of my time in uh, Louisiana. So the southern. um, Mm -hmm. And so I grew up with my mom and my dad both loving country music my mom Mm -hmm. a little more into 50s like fats domino bobby darren you know that kind of also but um so i did not being a top 40 kid did not get a lot of the things that weren't on am radio right fm radio were for the people oh they were they were too cool they were too cool for me (laughs) right i had to i had
0: to stick with you know the pop stuff so in in the uk we had there were basically um you you had only fm radio playing music really in those days so and that was mostly to kind of top 40 stuff um and you had a, only a couple of TV shows that played music. So there was there was the weekly institution in the UK was called Top of the Pops. Right. On a, Thursday, on a Thursday night, and they used to play the, the charts.
1: I've heard uh, that discussed before. Yes. Yeah.
0: So that was that was the one thing you, that was the must-see um, TV mm-hmm. show of the week. Uh, it was Thursday night to watch Top of the Pops. And we also had, it was too late for, for me when I was a young kid, but we had a, a, a show called The Old Grey Whistle Test. And they used to play the more kind of um uh, kind of more classic rock I guess, and um the more the non chart stuff but um that was on past my bedtime when I was at school so uh, yeah. i didn't get get into that kind of stuff, but was, so I, I kind of grew up on the pop stuff as well i guess
1: yeah uh one of the things that I remember um is during high school there was in the u s uh a midnight special tv series that came on like on friday nights mm-hmm. um and it was always it was a 90 minute um show that was rotating guests and it would have a lot of different mu- music mm-hmm. um yeah and wolfman jack for the oh, yeah. you know, the oh, was one of the guys yeah. that would talk about this, so I got a lot of exposure to music from that.
0: Yeah, um, so you used to have to take what you could get in those days, couldn't you? Because yes. there was no no internet, so you'd, you'd just grasp onto whatever bits of music you could find and uh, and listen to it voraciously.
1: Yeah, there it is. Kind of, I I joke about this a lot, right? But I like one of my early. Uh, non-musical obsessions was the TV show Star Trek right I was a huge science fiction fan Uh Um, you know I'm wearing a Doctor Who shirt this morning and uh, (laughs) and you know the idea was like you could imagine uh, like when I was 11 or 12 I wanted to get rich enough that I could own a movie projector and then have the films Of all the different Star Trek episodes, the original episodes, you know, Uh, there's no way that you would have thought that in the future, almost any TV show or any musical artist, album, song, Mm. you just go to this magic box, type a few words, and then there it is. Yeah, often free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, though I did figure out, uh, my different subscriptions and I am, it, it is certainly not free all the different streaming <laughs> services I have, but it is, it's a magical, um, uh, do you, when, when did you first discover Bruce? And if you can, Jeff articulate hmm. what about him spoke to you?
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. So I can remember vi- very, very vividly actually. So when, when I was, um, getting my kind of musical education, looking around for all these things that you could try and find. It came from, I guess, two sources. One was the kind of weekly music press and music papers that we used to buy and, and sure. read voraciously. And I, I, I used to read about this guy, Bruce Springsteen, he was this cool cool American guy who did these great shows. Never never heard him because he wouldn't be on on the radio in the UK or right. uh, on the TV. And then my, the other part of my musical education came from, we used to go to, I don't know if you have these or had these in, in the US as well, but um, in, in our local library, we had a, a record library section. Yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, so you'd go along and borrow an LP and take and you'd borrow it for a week and I'd go home and tape it, put it on cassette. And, you know, I, I kind of, that's, that was kind of a musical education. I'd go and, and get all kind of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, and Rolling Stones and all those um, kind of classic records and tape them and built, built this this kind of collection of great music. And I, in, in, while I was doing that, I, I recorded, um, darkness. Cause I'd read about this guy, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And I yeah. also, at some point got a tape of, of Born I must've taken born to run home, borrowed it, taken it home and taped it, and never really listened to it. And I listened to darkness a couple of times and thought, yeah, I like that. I remember quite liking badlands and quite liking racing in the street, but it didn't really hit me, you know? Right. And then, um, I can really remember vividly, it was, so it would have been, I was 17, and it would have been uh, the summer of 1980. And mm. um, I was at a bit of a loose end, Summer, I'd just finished high school, and I was waiting for, I did a year of work before I went to, to university, college. And um, I, um, just one afternoon, I just remember being kind of bored and at a loose end, thinking, well, I'll, I'll put something on that I've never really listened to. And so I found this tape of Born to Run. I'd never, never played, and put it on, and just sat there. I can, I can remember it so vividly. The sun coming into the windows, the, the sofa I was sitting on. Because I put on, I put on obviously Thunder Road, and the piano comes in, and you got these great lines like a vision she dances across the porch. And I thought, that's a, that's a nice line. I like that. This is it. This is interesting. And you know, don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. And I'm thinking this is great, and that. That this just got drawn into this song by these fantastic lyrics. And I remember that, you know, that was the first time I'd ever heard Thunder Road. And like, wow, that was great. And then straight into 10th Avenue. And by the time, you know, I listened to the whole album, just sat down and listened really carefully to the whole album. And it was like a religious conversion, honestly. It was like, I, it hit me with a, a kind of force I've never felt before about any kind of piece of music or album. Um and I just thought, this is this is this is um this is what I've been looking for kind of thing. Um and I just remember just listening to that whole album by the end of jungle and thinking this this is incredible. I've never heard anything like this. And it was just I, I can remember that afternoon in 19 in the summer of 1980 so vividly. And that was kind of um that was a start of it, really. Um and so I went back and listened to Darkness and thought, actually, yeah, this is great. And then uh, went out and bought the Wild and the Innocent a few days later. And, um, yeah. So then I, so that, that summer, I kind of listened to the, those four albums on repeat, uh, the first four albums. And it was quite a, quite a good time, quite an exciting time to, to discover Bruce, because then in the, I think it was the October, the river came out. Yeah. And so, um, there was a lot of buzz around Bruce. And then he came over, he was, he was due to come to the UK for the first tour for the river tour, uh, the following year the following spring yeah. and so and um, the other thing we used to so i was i was reading everything i could find about bruce springsteen you know bought the dave marsh first biography and um listening obviously listening to the the four albums listening to any bootleg bootlegs i could find um and just and and always you know reading about these legendary shows that he did and and getting more and more excited one day i'm going to see this guy and it's going to be amazing um and so it kind of that was, and and of course in those days we had fanzines as well, and so in the UK we had a fanzine called Point Blank, uh, and I think Backstreet started as a fanzine around that time, and so you know I'd read those cover to cover and then read them again cover to cover, um, so it's it's kind of an exciting time to be to discover Bruce really I guess.
1: You know that's wonderful. Uh, it is you you think about right like. I can remember. I know the excitement of when you find a new artist, or for that matter, um, a new, a, a renew writer, and so you're devouring all their old books. Yeah. And then uh, when you find, oh, there's a new one coming on. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Dan French is the editor you know public he did point blank and he's been on the show multiple times great storyteller yeah absolutely wonderful guy
0: I was Um, trying to dig those out
1: yeah uh yeah because he you know uh it it he tells a great story about you know as he traveled he would bring issues of that and that would He'd sell them to get, you know, food money as he's touring yeah. to go see the shows and everything.
2: Yeah,
0: um, I still got, I still got some of the old, the very, very early, like number one and number two point. point oh, history. how fun! Somewhere upstairs in a in a, in a crate, I think.
1: Yeah, that's that's yeah. neat. Um, yeah. So I always like to preface this, Jeff, with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a good barometer of <laughs> how big of a fan you are. I've had. <laughs> Uh, In fact, this summer, um, I had two guests who are massive fans that um, seeing him on Broadway, this second run was the first chance they had had to see him. Wow. You know, so, uh, but for the record, how many times have you seen him perform live?
0: Well, I knew you were going to ask this question. I haven't counted. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. No, so I don't know. I I think it'll be about 80. Um, Okay. It'll be like high seventies, low eighties, around around that number. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. go back and, and look through all the lists of all the tours and think, yeah, I was at that one. Yeah, I think I was at that one. Um, uh-huh. so it's, a, it's, a, it's around that number. I remember I saw, I saw five shows on the River Tour, so I uh, yeah. So the River came out, and i was still actually I was just thinking about this. I've, I've still got the um, I bought the River the day it came out, and I've still got the two pin badges that came in, with the with the initial re- releases. I've got them. Oh, served. how I've got, fun! One's got the uh, the picture of his, his face from the cover and the other one's got Bruce in the blue writing on black. Um, oh, nice. So I've got those upstairs somewhere as well. And, um, yeah, so, and, and then the, the announced a tour. And, and in those days, of course, there was no, you know, buying your tickets on the internet. So we queued up all night, slept on the street to queue up all night to get tickets for um, the Manchester Apollo in, in my hometown. Um. And that was my first show, was uh, the, the Manchester Polo show on the River Tour. And it was just, you know, I was eight rows from the front. It was amazing. The, you know, the energy of, the, the, of that tour. I've still never seen anything like it. It's incredible. Yeah. So, so I think five shows on that tour. And, um, you know, I was 18, so I had no money. So I had two two mates, um, two friends, Bob and Jeremy. And we went and saw, saw him in um, London and Birmingham. But we'd just get. You know we'd buy the ticket, we'd get the, the bus down. We didn't have any money for hotels or anything like that. We'd just sleep on the station. Um just just like, like you say you just did what you could with how little money you had. Um in fact I remember we we stayed we, we I saw him at Wembley Arena um and we waited outside after the show and we got a handshake and an autograph from Bruce. Um and uh, then we just went wandered the streets of London because we had nowhere to go and we we came across, we got to a place called Wilsden and there was a bus depot there and we sort of sneaked into the bus depot. And I don't know if you've seen, you know, the, the double decker red London buses. Sure. So they, they used to have the ones with no back on them, no kind of back door. So we, we sneaked into the bus station and slept on the, on the couch of the, of the on the seats of the bus overnight. Until, oh, how the, funny. The, until the driver came and, and woke us up the following day to take the bus out to, to, uh, to work. So it was, that was a lot of fun. That kind of, that, you know, being 18 years old and following Bruce around the UK um was great. And and you also find because this is before he made it massive really in the UK. I mean he's still he's still playing big sh- big shows, but it was still you felt like a little bit of a, uh, you know, a member of a cult, you know. Yes, he was, he? absolutely. He was uh, he was not a big superstar at that stage, but you know, the people who were really into him were really into him. So we used to see the same people at every show kind of thing. That was that was a lot of fun that tour.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. Um, so I I feel guilty telling you this because I'm sure you have more important things to do with your time. But there mm-hmm. is a wonderful website called mybosstime.com. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, can, I know right? my boss time. Okay. Yes, so great. you could
1: if you take the time to go, it will help you count your number of shows. So good. Yeah. Um I I I love that idea, right? That uh During your youth, you you didn't have the funds, but you found a way to see as many shows as possible while versus later, um, Mm -hmm. as you get older, you may have more funds available, but it's harder to get the time because you have other responsibilities, whether it's a family or your job or, you know, uh, just all these other things you need to do. Mm -hmm. So there is that beauty of just, hey, let's go, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was good. And, and I, th- I think for me, you asked what kind of spoke to me about about Bruce yeah. when I first discovered him. It was kind of being that age was particularly good as well because I, it was kind of um, what what I suppose first attracted me to Born to Run was the kind of romance, the escape, um, you know, the, the, the road, um, all those kind of dreams. And um, it's a good time when you're young to, to get into that, that kind of... Uh, that feeling in the music, and I suppose the other thing was I used to, I read about Bruce, and you, you know, we, I'm sure we've all read about Bruce saying like the the music was his ticket out of freehold, it was yeah. The, the, yeah. the escape, and that was the way um, we we looked at music in the UK as well. If you were in a you know relatively dull suburban life like I grew up in, I guess then there were two ways out. One was music, and one was and the other was sport, football and sport. And um, they were the two kind of dreams for working class kids in the UK were were mm-hmm. uh, in music and, um, yeah, kind of m- music was was Bruce in particular the, the thing that hit me
1: that way. Yeah. Um, you mentioned going to university. What did you major
0: in? Well, I did politics actually, not because yeah. I intended to get into politics, just because I was interested, just because I've all, I've always been into politics, and so I studied. I uh, got a degree in politics and economics um, and then didn't really know what to do. So um, just kind of ended up in the music business, uh, mm-hmm. running kind of festivals and concerts and that sort of thing um, that, that developed because I was involved in in running those kind of events at university, mm-hmm. running the Musician Society and that kind of thing. And so I got into the music business and um, that became, I mean, I used to do sort of contract work doing, uh, yeah, I don't know a month on a festival or a week on a couple of shows kind of thing. And then to keep the money coming in, I, I took up DJing. I DJed at university and took up DJing again just to keep a steady income a little bit. And that kind of took <laughs> off. So I did that. I was one time I was DJing four nights a week, five nights a week, um, in different clubs and universities around the north of England. Um, yeah. And so the politics didn't really get me into a, uh, my, my degree didn't get me into a job. It's just, um, I studied politics because I was interested in it and I, I continued in, in political involvement, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a, as a kind of campaign volunteer and, um, getting involved in my local, local party.
1: So everything I know about British politics is based on reading novels of Geoffrey Archer. So, (laughs) yes. So I am not that, uh, no, but I noticed you, you mentioned on your Twitter bio that you're a shadow minister what does yeah. that mean?
0: So, um, so I mean, it's, it's just like being, I guess, in the US, you have the the government and and the opposition, and, right. and, and so it's at the moment in the, the UK we have a conservative government, um, and we have Labour is in, in opposition, and for each ministerial um, response, ministerial post, ministerial responsibility um, that the government have, uh, we have the labor party the opposition have a shadow for that person so uh, i've got shadow responsibility it, relatively recently uh, just just actually just before christmas I, I was appointed shadow minister for sports tourism heritage and music which is great because some of my favorite things
1: yeah i was going to say what, what talk about like you know right it right down your uh you know yeah. your, your alley right just so yeah. to speak right like oh okay yeah please twist my arm let me yeah be it, help that
0: <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. yeah one of my one of my colleagues said to me the other day you're like the roundest peg in the roundest hole in this
1: poem. yeah no that's true that's a neat uh that's interesting so i, I want to go back to bruce but i have a yeah. i have a a political question for you and if you yeah. end up don't want to answer this i'll edit this out but i am a represent you know i am i live in a very um in the u.s terms very red district it is a yeah. uh very the my congressman was mm-hmm. one of the few that donald trump recently endorsed for his okay. re-election you know uh, probably the only thing that my representative, I, I think, has done a good job on is he is a medical doctor and he has seemed to be pushing out good information about vaccinations. However, he recently has made a turn where he thinks that healthcare is not being mandated to be vaccinated. We shouldn't fire them. And I'm like, what? What? How can you do the anyway? So I. Congra! I I can't I contact him fairly often about things, mm-hmm. and my reply is always a polite, "Well, your opinion is wrong. Let me <laughs> tell you what I believe is correct."
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: thank you for contacting. Me, right?
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so, how do you balance? And that's why it's, this is not a specific between your personal beliefs and what perhaps your constituents believe and
0: yeah. that balance um carefully <laughs> I yes guess. i mean i think i'm relatively lucky in that i i live in what is quite a, a liberal metropolitan area okay and I'm a, I mean, I'm a pretty liberal kind of um guy and in, in political terms so um i we don't have a lot of um very strong um conservatives in my patch okay. um which is which uh i mean that that's that's why they elected the labor party representative yeah exactly
1: yeah
0: of course yeah. but um you know our, my my area is, is probably smaller than a, a, a congress well it is smaller than the congress district so i'm guessing um your guy has has a number of um different uh kind of constituencies to, yes to, Take into account, and so do I. I mean, I get I get people, particularly actually on on the issue of um, of COVID and vaccinations and mask mandates, um, writing in uh, some very critical things about the, the way I voted. Um, and all you can do is be honest with people and say, "Look, this yeah. is this is just what I I um, I think." And you know, like like you say, you, you're polite. I'm, I'm always polite to people. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, that's 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 what the job is. You have to yeah. make the decision. You make you make the the kind of choice that you think is the right choice. And if people don't don't like it, they can vote you out. Um, yeah,
1: and, and I do acknowledge that. I um, it is can be frustrating though when you feel like um, you know your voice is not being heard. Though yeah. you're right. I mean, there is a reason why um, as they've used the, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm a little blue dot in this massive red field. So, but it is interesting at times. Um, how have you been doing during this pandemic? It has been a horrible two years. Mm. I, you know, just the moment we think we're going to get better, um, things go to crap again. Mm. So how are you and your family been
0: doing? Um, We've, we've done all right, actually. We have managed to not get COVID, and most of my family have been okay.
1: So far, my wife, uh, my adult son, and I haven't been. Now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the people, I'm back at work full time, you know, mm-hmm. in an office, and right. I am amazed that the amount of people around me, a lot of them home-based, have gotten, you know, testing positive. Now, luckily, mm-hmm. this late variant seems to be a lot milder. Yeah. Uh, and so and partly because some of the people who are getting it had been vaccinated and boosted. But it is just it, it is a uh, it is an ongoing it, it, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, you know, in yes. a cynical way.
0: But well, we I mean, we've just come out of our regulations in the UK this week, This just a couple of days ago. Yeah, we we canceled all the um, the mass mandating and the uh, a lot of the kind of um uh, you know, work at home and all those kind yeah. of regulations. So, I think we're probably a little ahead of, of. We got Omicron quite early, so I think we're a little ahead of the US and, yeah. and most of Europe in and, and coming out. And we just have to hope now that we don't have another variant that sets us back again. But like you said, it's. I mean, who who would have dreamed we'd had we would have what we've had over the last two years? It's been a, such a strange time for everybody.
1: It um, has been. I, you know, one of the things I I remember and kind of sheepishly is um at the end of february of last year uh one of my co-workers came to me and said you know jesse i'm really worried about this coronavirus and i'm like oh it's okay you know news always makes a big deal about this This it's gonna be fine and then uh next thing you know you know toward the end of march we're we're all sitting at home and and just putting this so yeah, just just a crazy time.
0: Um, you yeah, know. Yeah, I remember. This- I remember seeing just, just just before the literally the week before it all happened in March. I'd been yeah. to see you know the whole Steady.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I love the whole Steady, and they do they do a show well a weekend in in London every March. And mm-hmm. so that weekend we were all kind of jumping around, hugging each other at the shows, and then the following yeah. week everything closed down. It's it was just incredible how quickly it happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I had had uh, last year I did a friendship month and I did an episode. I did uh, like eight episodes of friends that had uh, bonded through Bruce joined Mm -hmm. me on the episode, you know, did a series of episodes. And one of them that made me laugh was um, a bunch of um, fans, female fans had all gone to light of day like mm-hmm. either in February or March, whenever mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, in 2020. And they were like, you know, we were just enjoying ourselves and none of us had any idea of what was coming and that this would have been our last show. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, getting back to Bruce a little bit, uh, I always like to ask about favorite songs or albums. But before I get to that, mm-hmm. talk to me about your feelings about Western Stars and Letter to You.
0: I love them both and it's kind of almost I mean I think I think Western Stars was just so um, how can I put this uh, so kind of self-contained as a piece of work and so lovely yeah. and, and such so great songs um, it's it's just a little pretty, pretty perfect album I think I think it's just yeah. I, I absolutely love it and then Led to You I think is you know, some of the best stuff he's done in a long time I think um, yeah I mean, I think I'll see you in my dreams is up there with, you know, with the best songs he's ever written. I just think it's just so fantastic. Um,
1: It it, it really is, isn't it? I mean, just it's like uh, I've told this story a couple of times, Jeff, on lately. Uh, My other musical obsession is the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson. Um, The way you felt about Born to Run was when I got an eight track of Endless Summer. Mm-hmm. and uh and and all of a sudden heard this music and had never heard anything mm-hmm. like it in my yeah. life and be- did all the research and found everything um so i brian wilson can do anything he wants i i am a huge fan of yeah. of his music and, and in fact if pe- if someone will ask me what's your favorite album i will probably say pet sounds even okay. ahead yeah. of a bruce album right um But his latest CD is brilliant, but it is him playing the piano of different Beach Boy songs. He doesn't sing. He just, it's an instrumental CD. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a lot of fun. But Letter to You, a whole new album of songs Mm -hmm. pushing the boundaries, talking about that, an album of you just taking recycled music in putting out in a new way it they're both beautiful i love both of them but it just goes to show you that bruce is continuing to push the musical boundaries and his creativity in a lot of ways it's somewhat at you know in his 70s is not slowing down
0: no no and and some of the songs i mean burning Train. What, yeah. what a song that is. What a, what a great rock and roll song that is. It but, is. This <laughs> I mean, well, it, yeah, I'm right
1: there with you. In fact, you know, I, 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 I pictured it in my mind as burning train kicking off a tour, right. Mm-hmm. Kicking mm-hmm. off
0: a set list. yeah.
1: And then I heard him do ghosts. I'm like, okay, yeah. well no ghosts well. would be a pretty good way to start the show.
0: I, I think that's got to happen when when he comes back. When whenever it yeah. happens, it looks like it'll be 2023 now, from what I hear. Yeah, exactly. But you can. That first song has got to be "Ghost," and you know, yes. I hear the sound of your guitar. You can just imagine the whole crowd singing you that. Can. Song.
1: It is. Uh, it is amazing. So, um, talk to me about other songs or albums that mean something to you and why.
0: Um, I, I mean, it's really all the early stuff that that still um, is the, 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 the albums that are my, like my, my favourite ones, really, Born to Run and Darkness, particularly, and, and Wild wildly Innocent. But um, I think it's, it's like you say, he keep, keeps pushing the boundaries, he keeps doing different things, you know, and, and every now and again I'll, I'll listen to something that I've not listened to for a while and think, actually, this is, this is great. I mean, I listened to Lucky Town a little while ago and not having listened to that for a while and think, actually... You know, this is there's yeah. some fantastic songs on this, on this album. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I love um, Wrecking Ball. I think that's a great album. Um, I, I find it hard to be honest to to um, to choose because um, in its own way, every album is done is is different and is uh, you know it has it has its great moments or so it's a great record.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement to say. Um, he, he seems to know, um, you know, like I agree, Wrecking Ball was one of my favorite albums. Um, it is my wife's favorite album. She is, is by far, yeah, she, um, we, uh, you know, that was, we had gone to the Rising tour but neither one of us had, um, uh, you know, had really listened to the album much and she did not care for it. Right. Uh, but when uh, she when we got to hear Wrecking Ball, we both had listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, man, I really love this
0: album. Do what do you think? And again, think? That, was, that was something that, you know, kind of hit a moment. Um yes. You know, it it, it kind of uh, captured that, you know, the kind of recession era better yes. than than anybody else. I think artistically did, uh, and yeah. fantastic song. Jack of all trades, I think, is just such a great song. So many great songs on that album, and then you know he he can he can put out, um, you know, Nebraska and and yeah. I, I, I love Nebraska. Just whatever whatever mood you're in, there's a there's an album there for you.
1: Yeah, I think that is truly how to think of that is um, and I also you talked about I, I, I wanted to mention that you said that the Beatles are a band that grows with you as you grow. Yeah, I yeah. think you could say the same thing about Bruce, right, that um, I think um, tunnel of love means something different to a 24 year old that has his heart broken versus um you know someone like me a 62 year old that's been married for Mm -hmm. over 35 years you know the album speaks to me differently
0: yeah definitely and you've hit a good example there because i remember when tunnel of Love came out it didn't hit me in the same way as the other albums the previous albums had and i I guess it's because I was relatively young, maybe not mature enough to appreciate the the depth of the songs on that album. Yes. You get older and, and you know, it's one of my favourite albums now. I go out and listen to that and think, how did I not realise at the time how great this was? Um, but I was? I was still, I guess, swept up by the kind of the energy and the romance of, of, of I guess, Born to Run and Born in the USA and The River and all those songs. Yeah. Um, and so Tunnel Love didn't hit me in the same way. And, and then um, Human Touch and Lucky Town the same didn't hit me in the same way. So I went through, I suppose, a period in the sort of early 90s when I didn't listen to Bruce that much. And then uh, I guess it was a reunion tour, kind of um, it was like a reaffirmation, a rededication. He, he described it, didn't he, as a rededication of the band to the, to the fans. Yes. And I, I kind of approached that reunion tour with a bit of trepidation. I only bought one tickets for one show I thought well maybe this is going to be not so great that we kind of rehashing the old magic won't be there and uh, I went and it was just fantastic and um, you know I went and bought a ticket for the following night's show and um, yeah it was just it was like my 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 personal rededication to to Bruce and the East Street Band as well. Yeah,
1: I grew up in the South um, and um, grew up as a Southern Baptist, a, um, and then later converted to Catholicism, uh, partly because, well, majority because I was marrying a Catholic and decided, you know, that this would work better for both of us. But um, you know, in the Baptist Church and a lot of <clears throat> Protestant churches, you have revivals where you have a guest. Yeah preacher come in and you spend three or four nights of you know going to services with a lot of music and preaching and uh you know when Bruce talks about a rock and roll revival i think that's what he was doing mm-hmm. uh, i i tell this story often on the podcast but I, I just i think it's amazing i had a guest that shared with me that similar to you he was sitting at the revival he was sitting at the reunion shows and he remembered being in the middle of the show in the pit going this is it this is this is the pinnacle of my fandom it'll never get better than this uh it's all downhill from here uh but i'm happy the band has gotten back together we've gotten a great tour Mm -hmm. and now then they're all going to scatter back on their ways and maybe every three or four years they'll do a greatest hits tour but you know this is a good ending and he Mm -hmm. said i think about that and i just want to go tell that kid and he was an adult at the time you have the rising coming you have magic coming (laughs) you have wrecking ball coming you have bruce on broadway you Mm. know you you have a river tour where he plays the river in full you know uh there is just so much left an autobiography you know kid he's just reached halfway in his career
0: yeah 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 and and the thing is as well the show's Just sometimes, I just think, get better. I mean, I I still hark back to that first River Tours to think that they're my favourite shows. But maybe next one after that is I saw him at um, the MetLife Stadium on the the River Tour. Um, And it was... uh, so that was what twenty sixteen, wasn't it? Right, um, and and it was the well at the time it was the um, the longest show he'd done in the US, and he played yeah. finished with Jersey Girl. I mean, we started with New York City Serenade, finished with Jersey Girl.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think that was just that was maybe after those early River shows that was my favorite Bruce show. After you know, and that's eighty shows later and 20, yeah. forty
2: years later.
1: <laughs> so um, I think I've only, I've been to Jersey once, and I was on one of those shows. There was. Uh There was there was two, like one one night, then the second, like two nights later, then he had to go back to Chicago and then he came back for a third night. So I was there that second night. Uh, That was the one where the couple got engaged during Jersey Girl.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, I remember that was the first show and I've done 16, including Broadway. That was the first show where I went. I've had enough. Like, usually after the show, I'm like, man, I wish you could have done one more. I'm grateful, but I'm greedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that show with um, it was almost four hours. It yeah. was you got jack of all trades with strings, right. you know, and, and and I, you know, I was Jersey girl with the fireworks. Yeah, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, yeah. You know, I, I am sated and uh and of course a couple of days later I, w- I was ready for more but that was the first time i can remember going where yeah and i just think it is the band has continued to the cliche right like age like fine wine but the reality is they have they've all gotten better and that shorthand and friendship of theirs just makes a difference
0: yeah and the, the i think the the sort of chemistry between them now and you know they don't have the energy that they used to have in the old days but this right. the you know the playing and the sort of chemistry between the band is is as good as ever i think and we just yeah. have to hope hope it's uh, we see it again next year i think
1: that's our hope yeah the other mm-hmm. thing i thought of that was interesting is in uh i'm watching the no nukes uh film Hmm. And I'm like, God, there's so few people on stage, you know, compared to now. Right. Because now you have, uh, you know, have Neils and little Steven and Susie and uh, Patty. So uh, it's just it is funny how much energy and sound came from a quote unquote small band.
0: Yeah, they were were just the greatest rock and roll band. They really are.
1: (laughs) They really, really are. Um, All right. So. Final thoughts before I get to the Mary question. Anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't?
0: So uh, you're going to ask me what songs I'd like to hear live, actually. Yes,
1: yes, that is exactly right. Yes, thank you.
0: And I'm kind of lucky that I've seen I've seen most of the things I want to see. So I've seen all the songs off the first several albums. Yeah, there are a couple of songs though that you you know kind of legendary performances. I've never seen them do Quarter to Three. I'd love to see that.
1: Oh yeah, Um, I would too.
0: They wouldn't be able to put the same, you know, it wouldn't be a 1975 version of Quarter to Three, but I'm sure it could still be great. Uh, I've never seen them do The Fever. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I'm most looking forward to, actually, is is the stuff off the new album. Is Ghosts and Burning Train, See See in My Dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I just i think they then if, if it was a priest actually i'd like to see live as well That'd
1: be great. that is one of my favorite songs on it i uh i would love them to throw in a couple of western star songs mm-hmm. um i think a couple fit really well like little stephen did a version of tucson train you know for his summer of soul yeah. you know tour so i'd love to see a couple of those but absolutely
0: yeah I, I i would that would be great yeah but we'll just take anything won't we i mean yes um, I haven't booked a holiday this year because I was waiting to see if he's going to do any shows in the US, and, and yeah, that's what I used to always do—is is book my holidays around um, Bruce tours. In fact, I came—you're in Dallas, aren't you? I came to yes. Dallas. Um, what tour would it have been? It might have been the Working on the Dream tour. I flew to Houston, and then yeah. we saw me and my then partner. We saw him at um, Austin and Oklahoma, Tulsa, and. Uh, one of the show but I, I dropped into dallas on the way and went to the sixth floor museum and saw the texas rangers play so that yeah. was uh that oh was that a fun sounds,
1: trip. that is a fun trip uh, yeah. i always recommend people um if they're visiting i say go to the sixth floor museum it i know it sounds morbid but it really is a great celebration of uh president kennedy's life yeah. and just all the um the drama and you know of after the you know assassination it it is just a wonderful well done museum
0: it is it's really interesting i'd I'd really recommend it and you know we've seen seen the 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 footage so many times over the years it's kind of moving to be there Um, yes it is uh, yeah so yeah that was yeah that was a that was a good trip so i'm hoping um it may not may, may not be this summer my my what i'm told is that they'd booked the band uh, and bruce had booked some shows uh, some stadiums for shows in the uk but they've been pulled they've been cancelled for this year um i don't know whether he's going to tour the us but i'm hoping i might be able to plan another another holiday in the u.s around some bruce shows this year
1: yeah i mentioned um i do i've I have talked to people who have talked to people who have talked to people, right? So uh, the gossip game, but uh, it sounds like that. And I was listening to the boys and none, but the brave podcast that, you know, understand that, you know, almost every um, film and TV set has a COVID officer that kind of runs things. And he said that it is nothing to have the COVID officer come and say, okay, blank and blank have tested positive. They need to be offset set for five days. Um, and I know that's happening in my workplace. So, yeah. I, I mean, can you imagine, okay, uh, Gary and Max tested positive. Uh, yeah. You guys are going to have to go on without a bass player and a drummer, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no. Yeah. Um, selfishly, I would love him to do a solo toward the end of the year because then it would be like him and kevin and a couple of texts seems like they could stay safe with you know yeah. uh yeah. but the reality is we want them to be safe and to do what's right so i think it'll be 2023 before we get them and who knows he may surprise us this year and give us another album and then yeah. uh, you know so we'll we'll see what happens that is great hope.
0: yeah yeah you can
1: hope. uh what's the furthest you've traveled for a show so,
0: Jersey's pretty um, far. So I've, I've, I've done a fair bit of traveling actually. So I've, I've been around quite a few places in Europe. Um I've seen him in New York a few times. I saw the Broadway show twice. Um yeah, I did that little trip out to, to Texas. Um, yeah. and but the furthest I've been actually I went to see him in Australia. Oh nice. The last, the last that was the last show I saw was um, in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So sorry, two shows in Australia, uh, in what would that be? 2016, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so Great yeah, show. Uh,
1: that would have been good shows to go to.
0: Yeah, they were nice. And, I uh, got to visit some friends there as well. So that was good. But, yeah. That's, um, most of my money goes on, <laughs> on seeing Bruce. i traveling nothing, to the Bruce.
1: Nothing wrong with that at all, <laughs> Jeff. Nothing wrong with that. Um, all right. Uh, so, if you are listening to this podcast uh, because you're a supporter of your uh, local MP and you have not ever heard the podcast before, I end every episode with the Mary question. Uh, Jay Armstrong, who is a retired English teacher from the Philadelphia area, uh, came up with this question. He would spend uh, two days in his honors English class breaking apart Thunder Road. Uh, treating it as an epic poem, mm-hmm. comparing it to Robert Frost and other poetry. Uh, they look at the imagery. They look at the themes that Bruce is exploring. And at the end of the two days, he asks this question, does Mary get in the car? So Jeff, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Yeah,
0: she gets in the car. She can't not get in the car, can she? <laughs> no. I, I, so what does, the, what does the professor think?
1: Well, he thinks she doesn't. Oh, okay. And uh about 60/40, 60% of my guests say yes, she gets in the car, and about 40% says she doesn't. Oh. Uh about 40% think that he, either he doesn't make enough case or she's too afraid. Uh and uh so I always think that's interesting. Why do you think she gets in the car?
0: Well, it's that that is that line does, she, does he make the case? You listen to that song. Yeah. I think he makes the case. If that was, I think, a, if that was a woman, I'd have to get in the car with Bruce after that song. I think so too. My, my I, I agree. Behind me laughing. Uh, what's that? My partner's behind me laughing at that. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, are is it uh are they Springsteen fans?
0: Yeah, she's she's been converted. Yes, very <laughs> nice. Good. Uh,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, very good. Um thank you so much for joining me jeff this is a great um if someone wants to reach you uh you're on twitter aren't you
0: uh, i am on twitter i'm a, at uh jeff smith etc so it's jeff okay. with a j jeff smith etc okay um or you can just google me i'm uh mp jeff smith mp uh, you can find yeah. me
1: yeah it is it is fun i had sent you an email confirming and i got the uh I I, got, I smiled because, uh, you know, you talk about making sure your address, so I know if you're a constituent or not. Yeah, Same thing yeah. for me when I reach out to both my senators and my congressmen. Uh-huh. Um, it's important to let them, you know. I and I don't blame them. They're like, okay, are you in my district or are you not? I need yeah. to know that. Uh, so that well, we we actually have strict down.
0: rules in the UK, so you're not you're not allowed to take up cases for anybody who's not in your area. Oh, um,
1: fascinating.
0: Which is which is why we asked the question, but also you know you do, you do get kind of spammed by lots of people yes yes i can imagine
1: yes well jeff thank you so much for your time i appreciate it um continued good health uh continued success and who knows hopefully we can meet someday on the road and we can uh share a beverage and get to talk in person
0: That would be great. Thanks for having me, Jesse. It's been fun. I appreciate it.
1: Listeners, go get vaccinated. Go get boosted. Remember to be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, listeners. Goodbye. I want and need your feedback. You can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, or at Jesse Jackson DFW. I have an Instagram, setlustingbruce, or Jesse Jackson DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast, because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor Who. The How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Junior talk pop culture, and finally, my newest podcast, The Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I am always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com.